everybody. Welcome to episode 33 of the podcast that goes slicked. I'm your host, Jason Minimal. In this episode, we're going to have an Age of Ultron update of book 9. We'll also uh, touch on all new X-Men number 12. So, I don't know. This might be kind of short or I might get carried away. We'll see. <laughs> Alright, well, either way, here we go. Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about, obviously, is uh, Age of Ultron Book 9. This, of course, is written by Brian Michael Bendis. And the art is in two parts. The present is by Brandon Peterson, with colors by Paul Mounts. And the past is penciled by Carlos Pacheco, inked by Roger Bonet, and colors by Jose Villarubia. And the letter on the whole thing is by VC's Corey Pettit. And then the cover is by Pacheco and Villarubia. Alright, and this is a pretty sweet cover. Um, It's Wolverine sticking his claws through Wolverine. They did a really good job. Um, I had seen some, like, sneak peeks and stuff of this, and there was an earlier version of this cover where the two Wolverines were in different costumes. But on the final product, we have... They're both wearing the same costume that Wolverine's been wearing in this story, which is <laughs> still, I will say, a costume I'm not really used to. Like, I'm still not real sure where this costume came from to begin with. But it's the one he's been wearing in the Age of Ultron. It kind of looks like the ultimate one a little bit. And I think that adds intrigue to the story because you're really not sure what's going on. Like, is our Wolverine killing the Wolverine from the Iron Age alternate timeline? Is he, you know, is he killing himself in the past, the future? Like, we know that Wolverine's been going about mucking up the timeline, but we, you know, this doesn't give us much insight into what's going to happen. And of course, the colors in the background are really cool. I, it's a pretty sweet, interesting cover that definitely piqued my curiosity. It got me pretty excited to want to sit down and read it. So let's uh, get into it. Of course, we know that Wolverine is, um, he went back in time and killed Hank Pym before he could create Ultron. But, of course, it's a wonderful life, Hank Pym. Look how messed up the world is without you. And we got this Age of Iron, where Iron Man was kind of the supreme ruler of America. And, uh, what's her name? What is her name? That Avengers baddie. Morgana Le Fay was the, um... Kind of the ruler of everywhere else, I guess, and 
Everything was pretty messed up still, so the alternate future with no Hank Pym was not really any better than the Age of Ultron. It was just a different brand of destruction. That's kind of the uh, what Wolverine is kind of coming to realize as Wolverine, or I'm sorry, as New York lays in ruins. The Defenders, which were what was left of the heroes in America, are lying on top of rubble. Morgan LeFay's dragons are flying through the New York skyline. We get a really nice page here by Peterson of the Daily Bugle signs, like laying on the ground while they fell off the roof. It looks really cool. Then we see Wolverine's hand bust through the rubble and he crawls out and he's in pain. And we see that his left leg is bone only from the knee down. And uh, he tries to walk on it and can't because there's no muscle. He falls over. And I really like this. We don't see this very much. I don't know if this was uh, Peterson's interpretation or how specific Bendis was. I'm going to... I'm going to go out and say on a limb that I'm pretty sure it was probably a, a really good collaboration. But we, we see something that, to me, is very reminiscent. You know, you remember in the, in the X-Men movie, the first one, the, you know, the first two were awesome. And in the first one, like just seeing everybody brought to life for the first time was really cool. And I think Hugh Jackman is an awesome Wolverine. And the first line that really sold me was when uh, Anna Paquin's rogue asked him about his claws, and she's like, does it hurt? And he's like, every time. <laughs> I thought that was really, really cool. That sold me on him as Wolverine. So we get a scene here where Wolverine falls down, and he's, he's because he tried to stand on this leg that's just bone. And he kind of starts, like, he just is writhing in agony, and he actually cries. Like, we get a, a close-up of his eyes and tears running down. I think that's really cool because no matter with the healing factor or whatnot, he still feels pain, and this has got to hurt like hell. And we don't see that side very much of him just being in excruciating pain. And this would really, really hurt, and I'm glad we get to see that. And then as he cries, he blacks out. And then we get five days later, and he kind of jumps up, startles himself awake, and, like, ah, 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 and he looks down, and his leg is healed. And I like this too. You know... Different people kind of play fast and loose in Wolverine's healing factor. I like it when he can heal from anything, but I don't like it when it's super fast. Well, I won't say I don't like it. Some writers have done it well. It's not my preference when his healing factor is like godlike. I prefer it to be something that he has that nothing is impossible to kill, but you can still wound him, you can still knock him out, you know, he still can get super hurt. And I like it when the stuff heals a little slower. Like, it heals and it heals right, but it takes time. You know, there, there have been some story arcs, like, you know, he gets his leg blown off and it's there in the next panel and you get the impression it took like three minutes <laughs> to grow back. I'm not going to say I hate that or I think those are poor writing decisions. It's not my preference. So I thought it was really cool that we see here five days later. thought it, it, it adds, to me... That adds character to Wolverine. They're like, yeah, his leg's going to grow back, but the pain blacked him out. And it knocked him out for a few days. Like, even if it didn't take that whole time to grow back, like, his body was putting all its regenerative power, all its healing, all its blood cells into reforming that leg. He would have been exhausted. You know, it makes sense. If you have surgery, like, you have a major surgery, 
you're tired because your body is healing. So it makes sense that like it would take all of Wolver- everything Wolverine has to pour into healing himself. So he wouldn't wake up. Like he would be so exhausted. Like healing his whole leg would be exhausting and take a big toll on his body. So I don't know. It just this really struck me as really cool. I really really like it a lot. I think it's an excellent way to write Wolverine, and I would like to see more of that. To be honest. But then Wolverine is found by Morgan Le Fay's cool-looking Doombots. And then Wolverine just goes berserk on these machines. And it's freaking awesome. We get like... Well, we start on the bottom of this page. And the whole next page and the top half of the third page is all Wolverine just going crazy on these guys. And Peterson's art. And then the colors. Uh, let's see. Color of the present. Paul Mounts. Did an excellent job on the colors here, especially with the uh, sparks and the lights from the Doombots. Looks really, really cool. So maybe Wolverine slices his way through some of these guys and kind of takes them out. We end with a scene where he, like, digs his claw into the chest of one and, like, digs it in. And, like, you see his wrist, like, rotating as he's just, like, taking out all his anger at the whole situation. This messed up future... You know, everything about it. Like, he's just mad. You, you don't know. And he's got to be doubting whether he made the right decision. And just, he takes everything out on this Doombot. And then he puts both claws and just rips it out. And he's standing over it on a really awesome panel where he's just standing above this Doombot and sparks raining down. Looks amazing. I, Peterson's art in this book is fantastic. And the colors by Mounts, equally fantastic. So Wolverine kind of stumbles away, and he stumbles, and uh, actually Iron Man's hand reach up, reaches up and grabs his ankle. And Iron Man kind of says as he's in his, I'd say he's in his dying breath, but it's a pretty long dying breath. And he says, Wolverine, I was lying here wondering, hey, him, can one man make so much of a difference? And Jimmy Stewart would say, yes. <laughs> that wasn't a very good Jimmy Stewart. Every now and then I can sneak out a decent Jimmy Stewart. That was not one of those times. But he's like, I guess so, but you, you can't go back. I know you're going to try to go back in time and fix your mistake. <coughs> you can't. Listen to me. The reason, the reason we don't go back and forth through time and fix things, the reason we don't just do whatever we want whenever things don't go our way is because we can't. Time is an organism. It's part of us. It lives and breathes, and every time you travel through it, you rip it. You tear it. You hurt it. If you keep doing it, eventually you will kill it. You'll break it beyond repair. Do you hear me? What happens when time is dead? What happens when you kill it? It's not just us. We're not alone in the universe. Wolverine gets his face like, oh, what are you talking like? He's kind of, can't tell if he's scared or he's grossed out by Iron Man. But he just kind of stalks off and he looks back and looks down and he just kind of leaves him there. So we go back to years ago. We have Wolverine has come. We get a repeat of the scene where he attacks Hank Pym in his lab. We get the awesome double snicked again as he jumps and Hank Pym grows big and grabs Wolverine. And we see uh, Sue Storm standing outside again deciding whether she's going to go in. And stop him or not, but then she gets knocked out. And we see, wait, Wolverine boots climbing over the car. And we go back inside, and right about the time that Wolverine is about to hang, 
or slice Hank Pym's throat, we get a stop, and we see Wolverine in his original costume. And he's like, it doesn't work. Don't bother. And so now it's going to be hard to talk about because they both are Wolverine. And we have the Wolverine in the current costume, well, the agent, yeah, for all intents and purposes, the current costume, and then Wolverine in his original costume. So I'll say new Wolverine and old Wolverine, but they're really both the same guy. So basically, Wolverine didn't listen to Iron Man. He came back in time to try to stop himself, and Hank Pym's really confused, and the Wolverine that came originally is really confused by himself showing up, and he thinks it's a trick. And he says, who sent you, Captain America? Because you know Captain America would want to stop it. He says, are you an Ultron thing? And he goes, what are you supposed to be wearing? And Wolverine says, it's all Fury had in the secret bunker. Now we need to think of something better than what you were about to do. And other Wolverine's like, sorry, bub, I don't buy this at all. And then original costume Wolverine says, you're going to make me say it, ain't you? This is really funny. He says, 1928. Charlene Bumgartner in new costume Wolverine says, Who the hell told you about? It doesn't say it outright, but I'm pretty sure he just, I mean, what's the name and a date that would be really important that only Wolverine would know? I'm pretty sure we're talking about when Wolverine lost his virginity. That, that was funny. And so anyway, now we know when and who it was. So, so old costume Wolverine says, I've been there and back. Time for Plan B, or that's the show. And New Costume Wolverine's like, well, bleep. And so, New Costume says, and I gotta say, Pacheco, I like his art a lot. But Wolverine gets more, he gets like squattier and wider with every panel. <laughs> anyway, he says, so what do we do? Find another time to do it? Kill him as a baby? And Old Costume Wolverine says, no, he has to fix it. And new costume Wolverine says, but we decided he would never do that. We decided. Like, we had this dialogue already. And Hank Pym still is, keeps interjecting. He wants to know what's going on. Old costume Wolverine says that Tony Stark gave him an idea, but he can't do it. He tells Hank Pym, you have to do it. And old Wolverine says, I know everybody you know. I'm a damn Avenger. And he tries to explain the situation. Hank Pym says, I don't make robots. I make artificial intelligence. Wolverine says, that's it, Ultron. And Hank Pym says, all right, well, I won't do it. I promise. I hear you. I'm done. It won't happen. But old Wolverine says, no, it has to happen. Everything that has ever happened has to happen. Everything but the part where Ultron mops the world with us. And Hank Pym's like, what? And old Wolverine explains the idea of creating a time virus. You put something in the robot now and you let the world unravel as supposed to, except you make it so when the thing is about to go full blown, it just can't. And then we get a cool shot where Hank Pym takes off his shirt and he's got three big slashes in his gut where Wolverine had taken his claws to him. It's a nice panel. And Hank Pym starts saying, well, no, I'll just make a better version. And then it'll be okay. And new costume Wolverine says, see, this is exactly what we were talking about. He doesn't get it. <laughs> And new costume Wolverine says, now I just want to kill him out of principle. And he says, Hank Pym says, so I create an artificial intelligence that attacks the world. The Avengers, is this numerous times? Is this an ongoing concern? Yep. Numerous times? Yep. And so he says, well, he'll make a button he can push that'll so stop Ultron. 
He says, were they close calls? And old costume Wolverine's like, sure. Then Stu, Sue Storm comes in and says, you'll have to make yourself forget. You can't stop it any time but the last time. Which is, you know, we're playing kind of fast and loose with time travel theory now. But um, anyway, uh, Sue Storm, uh, Hank Pym recognizes Sue Storm. He's like, but you look older. She goes to old costume Wolverine, you hit me! And he says, I had to stop you from not stopping me from killing him. And she says, I was going to stop you. And Wolverine's like, except you didn't. And she wants to call Reed, even the Reed from that time would know what to do. But the Wolverines are like, no, we have to keep this with as few people as possible. Because this doesn't need to be known about. And Sue appeals to Hank Pym because he says, I would never do anything like that. And she's like, we lose everything. My, the whole city, my children, my family, we risked everything in coming here. So Hank Pym's like, okay, so all I have to do is create an AI that doesn't exist yet, put a time release program inside of it that doesn't exist yet, make myself forget about it and go about my life. And he's like, how exactly do I do this? And then we don't see the resolution. We go back to the savage land and the flying car. And Sue Storm's like, so are you both coming back with me? And she goes, aren't you now a walking, talking paradox? I mean, more than usual. <laughs> Which I love, because Wolverine is kind of a walking, talking paradox. I mean, he's so complex. It has so many layers that it is both a strength and sometimes a hindrance. And there's so much, like backwards and forwards continuity that he would definitely be hard to write I think at times but um and some of his continuity definitely conflicts so he's definitely you know plus you have like the whole berserker murder thing and then the samurai headmaster of the school thing like he is a walking ball of conflict so I think that's Sue Storm summed it up pretty well and I thought that was really cool and the two Wolverines are like alright hold on and they walk off and I think in my issue, there was some color bleeding because it looks like the old costume Wolverine has like paint spilled on him all of a sudden. I think they just, I think the colors just ran in my copy. I don't know if it's like that in all of them or not. And so the new costume Wolverine is like, so which one of us? And old costume Wolverine says me. And we don't know what they mean. Is he saying which one of us goes back? Which one of us stays here? Which one of us dies? A new costume Wolverine says, you sure? And the old one says, you didn't see what I saw. New one's like, that bad? Old one says, we don't want to live with it. He's like, what if Pym screws us? And the old costume, this, see this sounds very Wolverine. So the old older Wolverine says, I don't know. I don't know how many more chances we get in this world. <laughs> and new costume Wolverine says, well, this is going to haunt me. And he's like, yep. As the old costume Wolverine looks off into the sky. And Sue Storm's like, hello, where'd you go? And we switch back to the same panel of, of the original costume looking up into the sky. And he looks over to the new Wolverine and says, you know exactly what to do. We get a snicked. Then he comes out of the cave. And we see a flash to Hank Pym working in a lab. And Wolverine's got blood all over his claws. And Sue Storm's like, what did you do? Wolverine's like, let's just go back to where we belong. And she says, what if it doesn't work? What if Pim can't do it? And then we go to the last full page spread. And I don't, did Ultron 
the first Ultron look like the robot from Lost in Space? Because that's kind of what this one looks like. The danger of Will Robinson. Anyway, Ultron is alive in the olden days and to be continued. So I'm kind of, I would be disappointed after all that that we didn't get to see for sure if Wolverine killed Wolverine and honestly, can Wolverine kill Wolverine? I mean, some versions of Wolverine, there's no amount of cutting you can do to keep him dead. Like you stab him in the heart, you cut off his head, it'll all grow back. So, I'm not completely convinced that there's not some old Wolverine running around the Savage Land even today. But the impression is that he killed him. And I'm kind of bummed we didn't get to see it, except I guess we kind of get to see it on the cover. Like I said, I think he didn't change the costumes on the cover, so you wouldn't know what was going to happen inside. But you kind of are intrigued, so I thought that was really cool. thought the story was really good. I thought Bendis wrote Wolverine really well, and the conversation between Wolverine and Wolverine was really good. And like I said, the part at the beginning with the leg was freaking awesome. And the fight between him and the Doombots was great. Just visually looked awesome. And the story moved along. I'm, I won't admit, kind of bummed Hank Pym's not still dead. But that's just my personal uh, bias against the character. So, um, for all things said, I'm really interested to see what happens in number 10. And how we get back to kind of the real world. How it all plays out. I thought the right Wolverine went back. The one who didn't see the Iron Age. And the one who didn't have to kill Hank Pym. He was the one who was kind of forced to make the right choice and not the one who had seen everything. So I thought, I thought Bendis made a cool choice there. Yeah, I'm just really excited about uh, part 10. Can't wait for it to come out and see how this story ends. I'm going to give Age of Ultron book 9 3 out of 3 claws. Alright, so the other uh, book that came out this week featuring Wolverine is all new X-Men number 12. This is... Written by Brian Michael Bendis, so it's an all-Bendis episode. Penciled by Stuart Eminen. Eat by Wade Van Grabiger. Colors by Rain Barreto. Letterer is VC's Corey Pettit. And then Eminen, Van Grabiger, and Marte Gracia did the cover. This cover is freaking sweet. It says, All new X-Men meet the Uncanny Avengers. We have Havoc and Young Cyclops going to town on each other. We have Young Cyclops kind of in the bottom right corner shooting up his optic blast. And we have Havoc falling out of the upper left corner, his hand extended towards Cyclops. And his other fist in the back about to swing forward. Looks mad as hell. It's a really awesome cover by Eminent and the colors are fantastic. We see like the optic blast kind of reflecting on Havoc's outstretched hands. There's a tint of red like on his palm and moving up his forearm. And then Havoc's power looks awesome. The color on that. And, his, and the black and white in his uniform looks really cool. The, the tone of it. Really love uh, Gracia's colors. And you know, I'll say this. And it's not a slight at all. Or I don't mean it as a slight at all. To Rain Barreto, because I think he's also a really, really good colorist and does a great job in this book. Then there's something about uh, I kind of, <laughs> in spite of that, I kind of miss Grassi's colors. I I think you know 
just looking at the cover and the colors we've had on the interiors of this book in the first 11 issues, I think he might be my favorite colorist. Uh, Gracia, that is. And like I said, Barreto did an awesome job. He's a great colorist, too. He, he did This book still looks really, really cool. But as soon as I opened it, I noticed the difference. And I kind of, I think Gracia's colors are perfect for this book. And so I kind of missed him a little bit. And it's not a, again, not meant as a slight at all to Rain Moreno, because I think he did awesome too. But there's something about Gracia's colors, like they're very, they're so vibrant and energetic and lifelike, and they, they make the book really pop. And this book is a book that needs to pop. Anyway, that's, that's really more just praise for Gracia, because I really have decided, I think, in this Marvel Now era, that he might, he just might be my favorite colors. Anyway. Anyway, the cover is really awesome. All right, so we start off with the uh, Uncanny Avengers reviewing the tape of Cyclops, kind of making his possibly revolutionary stance. And Captain America comes on to the ring with Thor, and he sees Havoc watching the the uh, footage, and he's, he tells Havoc, "We gotta do something about your brother." And Havoc's like, "Yeah, he's really putting on a show, huh? What do you do now?" And then we go to we go to now, which I thought was funny. Like the dialogue says now, and then the, we turn the page, and the the narration says now. And we have where uh, the Uncanny Avengers remember the end of issue eleven had intercepted Wolverine and the Young X Men. They were going out and trying to figure out who was impersonating them, and that was going to be their mission. And the Uncanny Avengers intercepted them, and now we see. Where Havoc sees his younger, older brother. <laughs> Try that on for size. And we get a lot of good dialogue here. A young beast is like, um, they realize that Scarlet Witch from the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants is teamed up with Captain America, right? Like, that's really messed up. And then Havoc introduces himself to Scott, young Scott as his brother. And he's like, Alex? And it's funny because Rogue and Scarlet Witch who in the pages of Uncanny Avengers have been disagreeing about everything. Uh, Rogue says, yeah, this is all kinds of weird. Scarlet Witch says, all kinds. Who's actually agreeing on something. And Ice, young Iceman's like, you have a brother? And young Scott is confused. He's like, Alex, you're so old. You're going to get a nice panel of them just standing across from each other in this dark field. And Wolverine kind of looking on and the Avengers in the background. And Havoc's like, wow, I thought I was prepared for this, but wow. And he tells his brother that this is his team. And young Scott's like, you're an Avenger? And he's like, yeah. He's like, Alex, that's amazing. Are you are you a mutant too? And Havoc's like, I am. Then Captain America kind of pulls a dick move. He sticks his head in there and is like, we talked about this summer. You can play catch up later. And <laughs> Havoc... It starts to walk off with young Scott and he says, Don't mind him. And Captain America's like, Havoc! And young Cyclops says, Did we, after you were adopted, did you ever find me? And Havoc's like, Oh yeah, I was an X-Man too. The Scarlet Witch actually tells Captain America to back off and Thor's like, Tiss about brothers. And uh, young Scott asks his young, older, younger brother if they got along. Alex says, you mean the today you and me? Well, no, we did. We're, we're not that close now, I'm sorry to say. And young Scott says, because I maybe killed Charles Xavier? 
<laughs> Havoc's like, no maybe about it. And Cyclops says, the other me doesn't think that's what happened. And Havoc gives him a little insight, at least to what he thinks is going on with Cyclops. He says, he's telling himself a lot of things just to get himself through the day. <laughs> and Iceman is still protesting and there's a brotherhood of evil mutants in the Avengers. And Wolverine's calling Captain America out for uh, intercepting their plane. And Jean Grey um, sees inside Scarlet Witch's head from House of M, the No More Mutants line. And Jean goes crazy. Goes freaking nuts at Scarlet Witch. And she's like, murder! Wanda Maximoff, you killed us all. And she's crying and she knocks Scarlet Witch up in the air with a telekinetic blast. And Jean just, just breaks down. And Beast is like, what? And Scarlet Witch is like, get out of my mind. Marvel Girl's like, no. And she just has like a telekinetic explosion. And Havoc and young Scott see something's going on in the distance. And they start to run back. Wolverine tells Jean to stop. And Jean's like, how could you let her be an Avenger? And Thor's like, this has been, we've been through this. He said, this matter has been... And then uh, Marvel Girl blows him up. <laughs> or at least blows up the ground beneath him and shoots him into the air. Kitty Pride tries to intervene. Scarlet Witch turns the ground beneath Jean into quicksand. And we get this awesome panel where she's sinking. And Havoc and uh, Young Cyclops are both diving after her with this awesome like, no! look on their face. And Kitty and Iceman both look terrified. Young Iceman, I mean. And then Rogue says, well, 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 and out of control, Jean Grey. It's like a high school reunion. Which, does Rogue really have, like, a negative connotation with Jean? I don't really think that she does. He wasn't... Uh, I'm trying to remember all my timeline now. Because um, she was after Dark Phoenix. And there was Inferno, but that was Madeline Pryor. Is, it really, is there, like, a big time where Rogue was around where Jean went nuts? Because I don't really remember that. And I guess when she died again, this, the last time, maybe. I guess that's what she's talking about. And young Jean just starts talking about how the mutants were thriving. There were millions of them. They had finally like gotten where they wanted to be, were living living the dream, Xavier's dream. And then Scar Scarlet Witch, I cannot say Scarlet. Scarlet Witch destroyed all of it. How can they turn a blind eye? And Scarlet Witch says, it's complicated. I'm doing the best I can. And Captain America, who's just really a cold-hearted prick this issue. <laughs> Mendes is not writing him very favorably. He's like, harsh as this might sound, none of that matters right now. You X-Men are wanted felons. And right on cue, we go to the Bank of England in London, where Mystique and her new brotherhood are robbing a giant bank. And Master, Lady Mastermind is questioning um, Mystique's motives. Says they've already have everything they need. Why are they still doing this? It must be about the X-Men and not about, like, buying a new life. Sabretooth kind of waffles and tells Mystique, Hey, Lady Mastermind is questioning you. She's like, thanks a lot. <laughs> and Mystique's like, what are you complaining about? Because your father was a monster you have issues. And she says, because my father was a monster, I know a liar when I see one. So her mastermind and Mystique are kind of going at it. And she calls out, says, she tells Mystique, this is all about the X-Men. Mystique says, am I not lining your pockets? Just do your job. So she makes the Londoners in a nice full-page spread think that they see not only the young X-Men, but Fing Fang Foom, 
destroying the city. And then we go back to our previous scene as the young X-Men are trying to pull Jean Green, Green, out of the quicksand. And young Cyclops is like, what's wrong, Captain America? What did we do wrong? And Wolverine goes, yeah, I'd really like to hear this too, Cap. And Captain America says, I need answers. And Wolverine's like, what happened? And then he shows him like a hologram of, uh, it looks like Agent Coulson interviewing one of the people that was robbed. And she says, it was the X-Men, the one with the claws for sure. <laughs> that was funny. And and, and we're, we're talking a bunch of kids in yellow and black costumes. They they robbed us. They killed a couple of guards. Good men, good guys. They, they took millions. One had wings, one was made out of ice. That's the original X-Men, right? And the young Cyclops is like, oh, come on. Kenny Pride tells all the kids to shut up. It was over $18 million, the lady says. And we can't see the X-Men on the security tape, but we know they were there. Wolverine, I love, he calls Captain America Bub. He says, Bub, no one here stole anything. And Captain America says, Wolverine, you're an Avenger. I trust you and believe you. Which is, does he? I mean, after the whole Punisher thing? Or are we still ignoring that? Anyway, um... Captain America goes on. He says, But these original X-Men show up from the past, and suddenly, there's an original X-Men international crime spree. We have to at least investigate it. That's kind of what he gets the point to. And Wolverine says, Well, I already know what happened. This mystique. Shapeshifter. And Havoc's like, Oh, no. <laughs> Face palms. <laughs> the young Cyclops, he's had a nice... Good conversation with her. Kind of sticks up for her, says, We don't know that it's her. And Kenny Pride's like, Trust us, it's her. And he's like, But she's a mutant. Why would she betray us? And Wolverine says, Swim, where you come from? Did you get to the part where Xavier told you that there were good mutants and bad mutants? And Cyclops says, I also got to the part where he told me not to just point fingers. <laughs> Wolverine turns back to the Avengers and says, Mystique got a hold of him, and 16-year-old Scott Summers here doesn't know that women sometimes don't tell the truth. Cyclops says, she told me you're a murderer. Was she telling the truth? <laughs> Captain America goes, well, looks like you have your hands full here. And Wolverine's like, yep. And uh, Thor asks where, if they have any idea where Mystique is, and Cyclops says, New York City. New York City? Get a rope. <laughs> They all agree that she could be anywhere and be anyone. And Rogue says she could even be here. But Jean Grey has scanned anybody, and everybody is who they say they are. And Rogue says, unless you're not who you say you are. So Captain America tells Wolverine to take the kids back to the school and basically keep them on lockdown. The young Cyclops says, it's a mutant problem. Shouldn't mutants solve the problem? And then Rogue gives a kind of the, uh, the press junket version of the Uncanny Avengers. She says, We're trying this new thing where there aren't mutant problems and human problems. There's just problems. As Scarlet Witch says, We are a team of mutants and humans put together specifically to express Xavier's dream that we can work together. And Jean thinks out loud and... and not thinks out loud. She thinks telepathically and judging from Scarlet Witch's face, uh, she heard it. And Jean says, that makes it all better. And Scarlet Witch just looks down. Wolverine's like, X-Men, move out! And Scott says um, that it was very cool to meet Alex. It was almost worth everything we've been through just to see how well you're doing. 
And Havoc says, I love you, man. They get a nice hug with some nice lights in the background. And then they separate. The X-Men get back in their Blackbird and take off. And then Captain America says something very poignant as the scene fades to the darkness. He says, that was nice, all things considered. You got to see your brother's best. Havoc's like, yeah. So the X-Men are inside the Blackbird. I like how it's all red inside. I like this take uh, that Grassi has started and Burrito is continuing. Really cool. Um, and Wolverine says to head east. And Beast is like, young Beast is like, we're not going back to the school? He's like, nope. Won't Captain America be perturbed? <laughs> I love this page. Wolverine says, we have an understanding. I do whatever I want and he understands. <laughs> and Gene's too upset about uh, the No More Mutants thing, like super upset. And Kitty said, we told you not to dig around in people's heads. And Jean says, I wasn't digging. She was screaming it out there mentally. I guess all she thinks about. And Ice, young Iceman asked if it's true. And Kitty Pride said, it's the worst thing that ever happened to mutants. Well, we're just now coming out of, after, referring to after AVX, when now we have new mutants. And that proves just how delicate things are for us, always. But it also shows that we've seen our darkest days and survived it. But still, the young X-Men are like, but Scarlet Witch is just free to walk around? And even Wolverine says, it's complicated, McCoy. Remember, Wolverine and Children's Crusades still wanted to gut Scarlet Witch. So if he's kind of coming around, that's pretty interesting. And then he says, well, you weren't there, and neither of us should talk. I'm guessing referring to Age of Ultron. Like, we both have uh, completely screwed up the time stream, so we can't really cast stones about anything like that. And Beast asks where they're going to fly to. And Wolverine says, we're going to go find Mystique and teach her a lesson. Thou shalt not steal. And then we see uh, Mystique, Sabretooth, and Lady Mastermind in a warehouse full of piles and piles and piles of cash. So many, there's even a forklift with a pallet full of cash. Kind of reminds me of uh, Scrooge McDuck's tower where he went diving in all the gold coins. Anyway, this story was awesome. Bendis is still just hitting this book out of the park. Eminem's art was great. Graw Badger and Eminem are a great team, so kudos to the inker. And Moreno, like I said, did a really good job. I won't even... Yeah, he just he did a really good job. I'll leave it at that. No reason to talk about the other books. We'll talk about this one. And he did a fine job in it. Yeah, this story just keeps on trucking. It's still very interesting. Still one of the most compelling Comics I'm reading, period. Most consistent book. It's probably my favorite book. This and Batman, closely followed by probably, I don't know, Wolverine and the X-Men, probably my third. But anyway, I'm going to give all new X-Men number 12, three out of three claws. All right, so that's going to do it for this Age of Ultron update. Hope you enjoyed the, uh, the mini episode here. I had a lot of fun with both those books. So I hope you enjoyed reading them and listening to me uh, rant and rave about them a little bit. Anyway, next issue, or not next issue, next episode will definitely be the next flashback episode. And it's going to be where Wolverine meets Spider-Man for the first time. We can kind of jump out of our uh, Wolverine by the year and take a little size. It's kind of an addendum to Wolverine year three. So anyway, it was a really fun episode with the... A new co-host, a special co-host that I called in specifically for the Spider-Man aspect. And it was a lot of fun to record and I've started editing it a little bit. It's really good. I think you'll like it. So definitely check that out. Alright, all the obligatory stuff. Please leave an iTunes review that helps out the show. 
you want to see show notes or just get the episode off the website, that's nickcast.podbean.com. Uh, please like the Facebook page. We've had a, some likes have picked up a little bit, so let's uh, get some more going on there. You can search for us on Facebook, the podcast that goes snicked. Or, of course, go right to the URL. That's facebook.com slash snickpodcast fan page. You can also follow me on Twitter at snickcast. Or you can Yahoo any questions and comments to uh, snickcast at yahoo.com. I would love to hear what you think about the books I talked about today or about the podcast or, you know, whatever. Anything Wolverine is welcome. So hop on on there and, you know, maybe get some stuff read on the show. All right, I'm going to go. Until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye.